This is a Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. Today's um, topic is going to be the Benedict Option isn't an option. But first a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So, this book, or I'm sorry, let me step back a tick and give you some context. There was a book published, I want to say, sometime between, I want to say, 2010 and 2014. And it was written by a Vatican II sect member named Rob Dwyer. And it was called The Benedict Option. And basically... What this book was about was all uh, the neo trads getting together and forming their own little communitas outside of out of the world of uh, outside of the world where they can be tainted by the world's ways. And it's honestly speaking, I'm just going to be blunt about this. If you're under the delusion that the Vatican II Council is a legitimate council, you've already been corrupted. So if you gather, you know, like 15, 20 families and move out to some rural community somewhere, you'll be no different from your modernist, well, what you would consider to be your modernist neighbors. You're no different. Because you're not practicing the actual truth. You're practicing what you think is the actual truth, not what actually is. Anyhow, it in the Vatican II circles back in the day, it made oh, it made a lot of ground. You know, was the vet, uh, the, the the Benedict Option was it viable? Was it not viable? Blah 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 blah. Now at that time I was still in the Vatican II sect, and when I when I read a synopsis of his book, I wasn't gonna buy the thing because you know as soon as I read the synopsis I was like, well this is this is garbage. This is absolute, complete, and utter garbage. Now, just to make this story a little more interesting, Rob Dwyer, not long after he wrote his book, The Benedict Option, he ended up joining the Eastern Orthodox Schismatics because this, these are his words. He said that he didn't like the fact that the Vatican II sect was not handling the trial, the child sex, 
abuse scandal um, as honestly and as forthrightly as they should have been. He was right, but for the wrong reasons. And for a guy who's supposed to be a rad-trad, and for those of you rad-trads who may listen of a certain age, what do you have to say about a guy like Rob Dwyer, who may have been your champion back in the, uh, the early teens, who... You know, for, for all your stupid talk about how a set of contests are Protestants and schismatics, one of your own joined the schismatics. Oh, but I forgot. You're Vatican II sect people, so the only people who are schismatics and heretics in your eyes are set, set of a contest. Everybody else is cool. Nation of Islam, they're a real religion. Uh, black Hebrew Israelites, they're a real religion. Muslims, real religion. Jews, real religion. Protestants, real religion. Eastern Orthodox, real religion. Just set of a contest, we're the issue. Let me know how that works out for you. But, um, the reason he called it the Benedict Option, oh, uh, St. Benedict was a, um, I'm, I'm going to try to put this, I, I'm hoping and I'm right, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty right about this. He basically started a religious order, which was named after him, of uh, monasteries. And, um, yeah, this would have been around at the beginning of the Dark Ages when, um, Europe was being overrun by barbarian invasions you you had the vikings from the north the saracens from the south and whatever eastern barbarians be they the hans or the avars were coming in from the east and they being barbarians were sacking looting and pillaging as they went and saint benedict um, started some monasteries. He started off. He started off as a uh, as a solitary. And a solitary is a hermit who retreats to an isolated location, prayers, prays, fasts, meditates on on God and the things of God and um um some people you know because th this is actually what happened this is actually what happened to the Egyptian hermits of the of the 200s that they they were going up into caves 
in the deserts of Egypt to meditate and isolated people were finding out that, oh, these guys are great holy men, they're wise, they're just, they're great guys. And next thing they knew, they weren't so solitary anymore. They had followers. So they ended up forming monasteries. Same thing happened to St. Benedict in about the 500s. As a matter of fact, his sister, who is also a saint, her name is Scholastica, she started uh, convents for women who wanted to be nuns. But the reason why it's, it's he, that Dwyer called it the Benedict Option was that these uh, these monks and nuns were going they were forming their own religious communities you know and it was actually these monasteries and convents that saved a lot of uh, early Catholic church documents you know, going back to the first century, the second century, and the third century. Um, they also saved some of the pagan, Roman, and Greek literature of the time. Um, they, they helped feed the local communities because they, within the walls of their convents and their monasteries, they, they, you know, they, they had fields and stuff, and um, those monks and nuns were very industrious. Actually, the monks did the farming. I think with the nuns, they did like embroidering and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is, um, they, they, they took care of their local communities, and they, they actually. They, they've been credited, you know, the monasteries and the convents have actually been uh, credited with saving Western European civilization. And for those of you who may not know, a convent is a place where nuns, you know, just like a monastery is for monks, a convent's for nuns. Anyhow. But he was suggesting Dwyer was that you know his rad tread buddies you know just formed their own little communitas now when I saw the synopsis of the book as ignorant as I was or yeah as I was I could see the flaws in, in his thesis like like that okay First of all, the Vatican II set has its counterfeit monasteries and uh, convents. If Mr. Dwyer was so intent, and I think he had wife and kids. So, what I'm saying is if you're married with kids 
in in a uh, and you're Catholic, you could get a bunch of Mike line. I'm sorry, Mike like-minded individuals yourself, but that's what you have already in your parishes. Your fake parishes, that is. You know, you have your little rad trad communita that, you know, oh, you know, uh, modern society bad, but hey, Vatican II Council, great. So you already have a like-minded group of individuals. So there's no need to go out into infect rural America with your upper middle class suburban bullcrap and that's exactly what it is. Upper middle class American suburban bullcrap. But anyway. um, But just on a scriptural level it was wrong. Okay, I'm gonna be, be because I'm I'm working off the top of my head. I may bounce from from topic to topic within the general framework of the the, the main topic, but try to bear with me. So, on a scriptural level. Jesus told the apostles and the disciples, "You are the salt." And the light, meaning he, for the light he used, nobody puts a candle underneath of a basket. Then they can't see the light, meaning if you are the light, you don't isolate yourself from your fellow human beings. You, you are the light that they need to see. And the salt is the same thing um, in regards to the salt. He was saying that salt keeps meat from rotting. In other words, true Catholics keep society from going totally to heck. And that true Catholics need to be as integrated with their society and culture as they can be. So that, once again, they may preserve the society and culture. Okay, so from a scriptural level... He's wrong. Dead wrong. From a, from a spiritual level, he's also dead wrong. The reason why St. Benedict and his sister formed... And by the way, these weren't the only religious orders. Other monks and nuns at that time were forming their own religious orders and um, monasteries and convents. But... You know, his his rule was the most popular at that time. The reason they were doing this was the same reason why Saint Benedict had become a a religious hermit was so that a married person which is why the Catholic Church does not have married clergy, a, a, a man with a, a wife and kids cannot look after the needs of his flock because he's got he's to work and provide for his wife and family. 
Therefore, they don't have the time, and anybody who is a set of a contest with wife and kids will tell you, between looking after your family and earning a living supporting them, you don't have much time for anything else. So, but the reason why St. Benedict became a, uh, a religious hermit was because he wanted to deepen his spiritual life. So did his sister, by the way. Which is why she, she started the convent. But I want to refer you back to my last point. Rob Dwyer, at that time he wrote the book, Lord Only Knows What He's Doing Now, uh, was married and had kids. Married families, married families, are, are too busy taking care of the household, you know, their kids to be educated, which for you Vatican II types, the whole purpose of having kids is to educate them in the right religion. Okay? But, um... If, if, if you... Like I said, the, the whole thing is, is stupid. Unfortunately, at the time, I was in the Vatican II sect myself and could not see the, co the cognitive dissidence that was the Neotrad position. Because once again, you already have a group of families within a particular parish whether it's Neotrad or the most um, unorthodox Vatican II parish that you can think of, you have groups of families who are at least Catholic in name only. So you don't need, once again, to, to move out to rural Kansas, Montana, Nebraska, um, Colorado, Idaho, Wyoming, and affect those small communities with your upper middle class suburban um, um, your upper middle class suburban um, you uh, autism. I'm just going to call it autism. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. But autism. Your bad attitudes. Your bad thinking. Because that's what happens when upper middle class people... I, everybody makes the joke about Californians. It's not just Californians. Wherever anybody who is making above a hundred grand a year moves to, wherever they move to, they take their plague and their poison with them. And unfortunately, the suburbs that they live in are screwed up because of them and their neighbors. And when it becomes too screwed up for them, you know, they think that, oh, I can't live in this. This is too screwed up. Not 
you know, realizing that they're the cause of it, they move to a smaller community and proceed to do the same thing to the smaller community that they did to the original suburb that they were living in. But I digress. So, my three main points here are, number one, Oh, there was, there was, there was, I'm sorry, there's one other thing I want to get to. Now, there's been talk amongst said of since at least, I want to say, probably around 2018, maybe a little before that. Oh, we need to start our own little community where, you know, people just like us and we don't have to be tainted with the world. Here's the issue. As I said in the previous episode, if you're not practicing your spiritual life, if you're living no different from your secular neighbors, but the only difference is is that you think you're a based in red pill set of a contest, but you're not acting any differently, then when the Great Reset hits, it it's literally, you are literally going to turn on each other because you have no spirituality in you. Jesus Christ told his disciples and his apostles, without me, you can do nothing. It's, you know, if you were even spiritually aware, you would know this. That unless you do, you And by the way, just going to Mass ain't going to cut it, okay? It ain't going to cut it. But I have a family, I have a wife and kids. I understand this, but that doesn't mean that you, you live your life and you use the excuse that you have seven or eight kids and you ain't got the time. Uh, Because historical illiteracy is a thing in modern era, need I remind you that the Catholic peasants had at least 10 kids, if not more, for the sheer necessity of helping to run their, their patch of ground that they were running, and the other kids helped raise the littler ones. Um, they They still... You know, they they still had to get close to God. And as a matter of fact, to you really autistic set of contests out there, I would say the peasants of the 13th century were closer to God than your most rabid set of contests out there. You know, I'm not claiming to be the most rabid, but I do take this very seriously. But um, I'm sure that I'm not even fit to... To, to 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 kiss the toenail of the the um, the peasant father who in addition to running a farm was raising fi- uh, 10 or more kids he was probably more close than I'll ever get in this lifetime to God so um this, 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 you know, all you got 
is a group of like-minded people. And once again, without a spiritual framework, you're going to collapse when the winds come. Or in this case, when the when the the wrath of God hits your little community. But I've already covered this. But that I just wanted to point that out. Um, it's the same thing for the Neo Trad LARPers and the Vatican II people. You know, you you have your little parishes of like-minded people. If you guys were actually serious about your religion, you wouldn't be in the Vatican II sect. You wouldn't recognize it as legitimate, and you would not re uh, recognize that um, imposter in Rome as a true pope. You'd be set of a contest. But enough with that. The main point is we are to be the preservative and the example to our non-believing neighbors. Okay? So... I, I've, I've had, I have a friend who says, well, the cities are going to be death traps. Oh, that's why I moved out of where I was living. That's true. <laughs> but just because you live in a city, I mean, let me put it to you this way. If, it, if it's necessary for prudence sake, then do get out of the city, but if one of the things that I have a hard time accepting from Sedvacantis is when they browbeat the youngsters, you know, the single kids or the kids just starting a family. And they probably, oh, you need to join a community. You need to join a community. You need to join a parish. There's two dangers in this. And I've covered them in a previous episode. Number one. You know, a lot of set of contests, not all, but a lot of them are contemptuous of the Masons who run this world. Underestimating your enemy is one of the quickest ways to getting yourself waxed in a battle. These people are not stupid. Now, they're human beings just like we are, so they're going to make their share of mistakes, but they're not stupid. And, you know, you blow this off all you want to. You, you blow it off, la 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 la, not hearing you. I don't give crap. The first thing, the first they're going to go after the visible parishes. The visible parishes and the visible seminaries and centers of said vacantes, i.e. St. Michael, Mount St. Michael, i.e. St. Gertrude the Great, i.e. Um, um, Most Holy uh, Trinity Seminary in Bricksville. They're going to be going after those places. 
That is the nature of totalitarian regimes. You get rid of anything that could be hinder what you're trying to do. But yeah, everybody, everybody's a genius. Everyone's a 500 IQ taker. They know better. You'll find out. I promise you, you will find out. She ain't gonna like the results. Um, and then you know, they're they're good. It starts at the top and works its way to the bottom. And once the bottom is reached, then they turn on each other. But by that point, it ain't going to matter anyway. But the second thing that really annoys me is, you know, oh, you got to join the community. I got to join the community. You're going to be in parish. I keep trying to tell you autists about divine providence. And... Once again, everyone's a 500 IQ taker. Everyone's the smartest guy in the room. Vatican II happened for a reason. Sedevacantism had ha happened for a reason. So if you're a young, a young single person, or you're a young family, and you happen to live in a city, and you do not have access to a set of a contest church or uh, um, circuit priest. Don't panic. Everything God does, he does for a reason. So I've said this ad nauseum, but you know, I, I keep going. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. Okay? The sacraments, the buildings, the, the surface crap is going to be taken away from you. And I'm not yelling at the people who, who are in a bad situation. I'm yelling at these autists who are still hung up on the externals. You write this off all you want to, you autists. When the wrath of God comes, um... You're the ones that are going to be having an issue. The people who put their faith and trust in Lord Jesus and the Blessed Mother, they're the ones who are going to survive the upcoming, the upcoming wrath. Not you guys. You guys are going to be the guys who are in, in the midst of the combat break, throw down their weapon and run around in circles for the enemy to mow down. But, uh... For those of you said of a contest out there who don't have access, don't have access to a circuit priest or a local set of a contest church, if you don't have the resources to move to where they are, don't panic. I'm begging you, don't panic, don't worry. Just as much time as you can spare. Read your, your catechisms. Listen to Sedevacantis. They, they have sermons and they also have um, dogma classes. You have 
you until the powers that be cut the internet you have those videos at your disposal you also have access to set of a contest bookstores now i'm going to tell you that there are very few set of a contest bookstores but a lot of the spiritual books that that they don't carry don't be ashamed to use ebay or Amazon, if it's necessary, use whatever resources are necessary. And do, do, just don't do an act of contrition every night. Do an examination of conscience and do spiritual communion. I really get PO'd at these said contests. Ah, you need to take communion, brah. It's the body and blood. I always say, if you have access to that, yes. Some people, not everybody's like you autists out there. We don't have a nice big parish uh, church to go to. Some of us, if we're blessed, get it, get the sacraments maybe twice a month due to circumstances. What are you gonna, you know, when when those when no when your access gets shut down, what are you gonna do? God's already giving you the means. If you're not even attempting to prepare yourself for the eventuality, and it is an eventuality, it's going to happen. And by the way, this is not a prophecy. This is just common reason. You're going to get cut off from your sacraments. Everything. You need to start preparing like that. Which means, you know, a, a spiritual act of communion is no less evincatious than the actual um, sacrament of communion. The only difference is is that if you have access to the sacraments in physical form, you should take advantage of them. But to be hung up on the externals, don't care what you think, this is the fact. It's downright detrimental to you spiritually. Okay? Now, once again, I'm going to say this. Um, I'm not getting I'm not getting sharp because I think that you guys are ignoramuses, or that I think that um, that you're you know you're just a-holes or that I'm trying to be an a-hole myself I'm not doing it for those reasons I'm doing it because we're talking about your spiritual life here your eternal destination you know I mean there are plenty of things to blow off to not take seriously oh I don't know sports ball politics Movies, books, video games. There's a lot of stuff that could be blown off that doesn't matter. This, 
the state of your soul and get into heaven, if if you're actually trying to live what you believe, what I'm talking about should be your first and only priority. Now, for those of you with families, I'm not trying to say that you neglect your families. Those of you with families, your children are your responsibility. And ironically enough, um, my buddy uh, put me on to this sermon um, that uh, a set of a contest priest was giving to a married couple. And he actually hit this point. He actually hit this point. And God bless his soul for this. For those of you who are married with kids, did you realize that you're responsible? Oh, not just married. Husbands, you're responsible for your wife's souls. Wives, you're responsible for your husband's souls. And both of you are responsible for the souls of your kids. Now, if you do your God's honest best, they, they still have free will. So if they ignore you, if they ignore you and um, go their own way, that's not on you. That's on them. But if you treat their upbringing like it's, you know, like it's no big deal... If you treat your uh, relationship with your spouse that their spiritual relationship is no big deal, you're responsible for that. So, don't have to like it. That's, that's the fact of the matter. So, I'm trying to advise people, youngsters. Oh, actually, not just youngsters. Um, people my own age who, who may be married, kids out of the house, or single. If you don't have the means to... To go to where you you have access to the sacraments. I cannot stress this enough. Trust, trust Lord Jesus and his blessed mother and the saints. They will take care of you. This is to prepare you for what's coming. Don't let more... more um, carnal-minded set of a contest try to tell you otherwise. They're thinking with their natural minds. They're not thinking with spiritual minds. Okay? This is what this is all about. God wants you to rely on Him, His Blessed Mother, and their heavenly kingdom... Alone. Alone. And just to make my point, do you think that it's an accident that your sacraments 
and 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 your externals are being taken away from you? Are you really that spiritually ignorant? And are you really that spiritually um arrogant that you think that it's up to you to um that that you could actually fix the situation yourself? Once again, I'm not saying don't be prudent. If, if you're banding together for self-defense, that's one thing. But if you're neglecting the spiritual life, period, once again, I'm going to put it flat. You are jeopardizing your soul because without God, you're going to turn on each other. Don't care if you like it, you are. And for those of you who are so full of hubris, oh no, never happened to me, never happened to me. You know, there were probably a lot of early Catholics and, and during the pagan Roman persecutions that said, oh, I'll never turn against my, my fellow Catholics. I'll never turn against the church who, when their parents were being uh, threatened with death, who under torture, and, and the torturer was saying, oh, you know, you, you have the power to make this stop. Just tell us what we want to know. We'll make it stop. Where are they? See, here's the thing, guys. At least if we have a spiritual relationship with Jesus Christ and the Blessed Mother, we're not always going to be able to know for a certainty how we'll react. But I guarantee you that if, if, you're, you know, if you're making the attempt that's, that's what the Blessed Mother and the Lord Jesus and the saints are for, is to help you in those situations. Okay? They're there to help you. So, um, Be prudent. Be prudent. If you feel like you need to, to, to get a defense force together, you know, um, if you think that's the prudent course of action, once again, though, without a spiritual, <laughs> without a spiritual life, how do you know what is God's will, what is his divine providence, and what isn't if, you, if, you, if you're not even attempting to get closer to him and the Blessed Mother? But if you feel that that's the prudent course of action, I would advise, take it for what it's worth, get deepen your spiritual relationship. And for those of you who may be isolated, 
You know, you may be in a city and you, you due to circumstances, you can't afford to get in. Do what, do what you can so that if the worst, when the worst happens, that you have some means of defending yourself and your loved ones. But at the end of the day, this applies for everybody who considers themselves said of a contest. Nothing happens, does not happen without God's permission. All you have to do is read the book of Job. It'll tell you. Satan had to ask God's permission before he was allowed to attack Job. And because God is who he is, he already knew the outcome. So even, even if you're in an isolated situation and you're surrounded by hostiles, well, spiritually, that's already the case anyway if you're being serious about your relationship with God. You're already surrounded by hostiles. The only difference is, instead of being spiritually hostile, they're going to be physically as well. God, his blessed mother, and the, and the saints have your back. And here's the bonus, okay? There's a reason why in one of my previous episodes I said they lose. And they do. Because even if they kill you, if they kill your family, if they torture you before they kill you, it doesn't matter if you hold on to the faith, if you love the Blessed Mother, the Lord Jesus, and, and the one true Catholic Church on earth, and you do not deny them. You win. And before I close out, I'm going to give you a, a scriptural, a gospel um, quote. Those who would save themselves will lose it. Or, I'm sorry. Those who would save their lives for themselves will lose it. And here, Lord Jesus was not just talking about your physical life. He's talking about your spiritual life too. And those who will lose their life for my sake will gain it. Meaning, if you die in martyrdom for his sake and the, and the one true Catholic Church, you will gain, a, a, as St. Paul says, an imperishable crown of glory. So take it for what it's worth. So, once again, I just want to make the disclaimer. I'm not doing, my, my tone is not this way out of hostility. I promise you. I try to be, I try to practice what I preach. I'm not any different than any one of you um, at one time. I thought that there was a political solution to this. 
It's through God's grace, His blessed Mother's grace, and the Heavenly Kingdom's grace that I'm even where I'm at today. Bar none. I'm using, I'm taking this tone because a lot of people want to play like eternity is an abstract concept. That your relationship with God is an abstract concept. I'm trying, when I use this tone, I'm trying to stress to you the importance of eternity. Everything else doesn't matter. Nothing. So, thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it to people who, you know, listen to the whole podcast. I really do. And I hope and pray that you get something out of it. Out of everything I do on both my my channels, I hope and pray you get something out of this. Because, um... Yes, this podcast is for my benefit as much as your benefit. But I'm doing this because I, you know, the, the pre-Vatican II Catholic Church taught about the few of those who are saved. And I'm not presumptuous. I'm not assuming I'm going to get to heaven. I'm not. My bottom line is, is I won't know until I go before my personal judgment. But while, while I'm trying to get my own self right, I'm going to try to help as many people as I can get to the right conclusion. If that, I mean, I'm going to be God's instrument in helping them as best as I can. So... I really appreciate you giving me your time. I thank you for your patience and your time. Um, I pray for everyone. And take everything what I said for what it's worth. I do care about you and I'd like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. So, um, I pray for everyone. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. God bless you. Bye-bye. Où Dieu fut mort et vit, et qui la croix d'autre mère ne prendra, à peine me dira un paradis qui a un souhait.
pitié ne ramène bronze. Oh, oh Seigneur, d'où est qu'elle sa vengeance et délivrer sa terre et son pays? Après, ne nous venez jouer. 